Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. I, um, I remember my story. I had been, um, I met Jesus at a camp when I was about 15 or 16, and about 18 or 19, I think I was done with him. Um, and I was working, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd left church, I was living life, and um, I was working on the other side of town um, from, from high school, which is only relevant because one of my good friends lived right next to high school, like we met at her place in the morning and we just walked to school. Um, and, and, and one morning I'm at work and, and she turns up at, at work, um, she'd walked to the other side of town just to say, hey, we miss you, why... How about you think about coming back to church? And it was like, she knew what was going on and, and, and she still wanted to come out. God was still pursuing through a person. And I, walked, um, I came to church that week. Um, she was leading worship and, and came into the practice. And I just, as I walked through the doors to the auditorium, there's just this thick wall of love um, that hit me that I, that I was looking for, you know. Um, yeah, God pursues, and, and, and he pursues through people sometimes, eh? Um, yeah, yeah. Jesus, thank you that you, man, you don't stop chasing. You came from the comfort of heaven for us. You gave up all you were so you could come and live like us and point us back to the Father you lived your life so we would know the love of God. Thank you. Amen. Good morning, Lexi. I see you're online. Mummy sent the text. I hope you've been good. <laughs> we'll find out later if she has been. Hey, and I'm um, sorry for our Zoom um, family. The internet connection has been really unstable this morning. So hopefully you're still here. I know you've dropped out a few times, but... We don't know that, but they have, have missed a little bit of service, so we will get it up as soon as we can. Um, a little update from last week, because uh, we had the members meeting after church, right? Uh, we agreed to sell the property with a, uh, in, in due course. Um, you can look up the official minutes um, of the wording of it. And we voted back in Mitch as an elder and Kelly as an elder and brought Greg onto the team. So how good is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been one week uh, that Gary's been on sabbatical. The church is still standing. Uh, we're still here. God's still good. Um, and what I love about times when pastors are on sabbatical is, is we get to demonstrate a little bit more of God's grace to each other um, because there's less people on deck, right? Um, there's less people doing at the moment. Um, and so this week, I think I got about a third of the way through my role and about a third of the way through Gary's role and then about a third of the way through all the urgent things that needed to be done this week. Um, so this week, I'll probably get about a sixth done, I reckon. Um, bit graced, right? And only 10 more weeks before Gary's back. <laughs> today, today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is the day where the disciples received power from the Holy Spirit. The day the church really was born. The day the prophecy filled. I've got batteries dying. All right, I'll just grab this other one. 
Don't think, um, don't think dead batteries are going to stop us today, eh? So I'm not inviting anything else to be tried, though. But there's this prophecy from Joel, right? This prophecy from Joel, which happens long ago. And then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on the servants, men and women alike. This prophecy, this speaking about pouring out the spirit on all people, signaled that there was going to be a change coming. There was a change because in this time, uh, and in no time previous, had the spirit been poured out on all people, the spirit was specific for those, reserved for those leading God's people. I think of Saul, I think of David receiving the Spirit at their anointing. We think of Jesus at his baptism where the Spirit descends on him like a dove, but this prophecy was pointing to something different. There was a time when all would receive, sons and daughters, men and women, servants and rulers, everyone would have the Spirit poured on them. God would now dwell within each of his people, communicating directly, guiding, encouraging, bringing conviction, inviting us to change into the people that he created us to be. And this is the day where we remember that. And and so let's start reading in Acts 1. And then I'm just going to read, I think, all of Acts 2 as a nice little intro to what is Pentecost, where, where we see the promise fulfilled, the coming of the Spirit. And so Luke 1, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. His first book was the book of Luke. Um, and, And until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, Jesus appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised you, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples did what Jesus commanded them to do. They've finally got it right. They've finally got that they've got to do what Jesus commands them. And then Acts 2 begins. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken amongst the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, and then some more. And these visitors from Rome, both Jews and and converts to Judaism, and they all are hearing people speaking their own language about the wonderful things that God has done. 
They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But there were others in the crowd that ridiculed them. They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives." But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death. And raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life. And you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself. For he died and was buried. And his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet. And he knew God had promised an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. Jesus, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we're all witnesses to this. Now he is exalted in the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand, and the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out amongst us, just as you see and hear today. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God made this Jesus whom you crucified to be Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed 
what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. If I was going to be a character in the Bible, I think someone in that 3,000 would be a pretty cool place to be. How good is that? How exciting is that? How incredible to be at that place at that time when God's Spirit came and was present. And how exciting is it that that wasn't limited to just that time because the Spirit is still poured out for all of us. God still wants to dwell within each of us guiding us, convicting us, bringing us into truth and, and inviting us to allow him to change us into the people that he would have us be. The Spirit's still the same. God's still the same. He still invites us to be the people he wants us to be, who he created us to be. And that story from Pentecost, it, it brings us on our journey today to Ephesians, because we're still in the book of Ephesians. <laughs> we're at Ephesians 4, 17 to 31 today. And, and the New Living Translation calls this segment, Living as Children of Light. Paul has, has spoken about unity in the body immediately before in his letter. He's spoken about ways that believers should live. He's spoken about, about how God sees you. It's the inspiring stuff. It's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the stuff I love. And Paul's following it up right now. He, speeches from, he, he, he switches from inspirational speaker to a parent. Because this is Paul's stop it. This is Paul's don't live like this anymore. It's, it's a really good way to, to, to hook people in, right? You inspire them. You, you tell them how God sees them, who they can be. And then you say, and now don't live like this. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. He's, he's speaking to believers, those who have heard the news of Christ, like a lot of us here have. Those who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, like a lot of us here have. Those who have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, like a lot of us here have. And those who still fall back into sin, like a lot of us here do. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused, he writes. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that wasn't what you learned about Christ, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. 
And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. This passage here, this is the same thing that Peter's talking about at Pentecost, right? Repent from your sins and turn to Jesus. But Paul, speaking to those who have already repented, is now bringing a bit more conviction to it. A bit more specific on what areas of life the Ephesians were falling back into. Paul begins reminding them that they are not like those in their town who haven't accepted Jesus. You're no longer like those who worship at the temple of Artemis. They live for lustful pleasure, he says. This is literally how they worshipped at the temple of Artemis, the goddess of fertility. fertility. And Paul is saying no more, no more lustful pleasures as acts of worship. That isn't the worship that Christ accepts. He moves on and says, stop lying. Who's told a lie this week? Not lying is really hard, especially when you're trying to get your little four-year-old to sleep. You know, it it, it was just a little lie. It was just a little bending of the truth, right? But what what am I teaching my little four-year-old when I have to twist the truth just to, we all know sleeping is good. But we all know not lying is a whole lot better, right? Don't let anger control you. I feel like this is just to me this week. Don't let anger control you. Well, well, God, you know what happened with the photocopier this week. And you know what happened with that driver on Thursday who came in front of me. I feel like Gary looked at this passage and he was like, I'm going on sabbatical. Shannon can have this in week one. So hopefully the church gets to see his growth over the next 11 weeks. (laughs) This list of Paul's stop it, right? It's pretty big. And I'm sure we we can probably even add even more to them. But as Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these passages, it wasn't to make the people of Ephesus feel less. It wasn't meant to make you feel inadequate or that you're not loved by God, or that he doesn't want to extend his grace to you, because he will, and he does. And Christ already went to the cross for you, and he already rose again for you, and he's already poured out the Holy Spirit for you. He tells us these things because he knows there is a greater fullness of life that you can live when you live for him instead of living for yourself. In John's gospel, Jesus says, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life in abundance. When we allow God's spirit to lead us, to guide us, actually, Sandra, do you and the team want to come up? That's all right. When we allow God's Spirit to lead us, to guide us, when we accept His invitation to begin to change or to continue to change us, we get to start stepping into the abundant life. 
that Jesus came for. We, like the Ephesians, we're going to take some backward steps sometimes. Sometimes we'll take some steps to the side where we're just trying to just try to get around God a little bit. Sometimes we'll just turn the other way because our egos are too big. Because sometimes we actually think that we know better than God. But we don't know better than God. We don't love ourselves more than God loves us. We can't. We don't have that capacity. He loves you more than you could ever understand. And sometimes it's only us and our choices that are stopping ourselves from experiencing that. Just before Joel writes his prophecy, he talks about turning back to God and and what happens when you do. This is why the Lord says, Turn back to me now while there is still time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord, for he is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry. And he's filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not to punish. He is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to get angry. And he is filled with unfailing love. And this chapter that we're reading in Ephesians finishes with this passage. The the once you've stopped. Instead, be kind to each other. Be tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Do you need some more of God's mercy and compassion this morning? Do you need some more help in not being trapped in an anger cycle, or a lust cycle, or another cycle of sin? Be kind to each other, and be kind to yourself. Be tender-hearted, forgive each other, and forgive yourself, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. Family, this morning, if God is inviting you into a time of change, an area of your life where you know you need Him, and you want some prayer, then we have some people here who will pray with you if you want to come to the front. Or if you want to talk to the person next to you, if they're comfortable, you could invite them to pray for you as well. But we have a prayer team here. We have some elders here who will pray. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you're one of those that don't know Jesus yet, you're also invited to come and learn what it means to live a life with someone who loves you more than you could ever know. To live a life with someone who came for you, who took your sin, your shame, your brokenness, and invites you into a path of abundant life. Come and meet this God who is merciful this morning, compassionate, slow to be angry, and full of unfailing love. Let's pray together, family. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.